Hey, it's good to see you today. Welcome to our Thursday episode of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. And as we continue to go through a chronological uh, view of Scripture, we're in the Gospels and uh, at the end of Jesus's life. But a lot happens in that last week of Jesus's life. So today we're going to be looking at Matthew 23 through 25, Mark chapter 12 and 13, or the end of chapter 12 and then 13, and then Luke chapter 20, the end of chapter 20, and uh, the first part of chapter 21. So Matthew chapter 23 um, is the, the woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. This is really um, the, the ex- extensive um, <laughs> woes are given in Matthew only. There's, there's some of the similar things giving, given in Luke and Mark as well. Um, but the, the biggest section is in Matthew. And, and it's important to know whenever Jesus would have been criticizing the religious leaders like this, this would have been pretty shocking to people. Um, the, the religious leaders were not used to being criticized. They were used to, to telling people what to do and being revered right, or, or listened to. Um, and so for Jesus to come after them like this would have not only made them mad, but it would have been shocking to the crowd. Um, and and I, you, you can see why some of the crowd may may not like how Jesus is being so uh, upfront, and probably they're saying, Jesus, why don't why don't you be a little nicer? You know, these are religious people; they're being, you know, um, <laughs> I kind of can hear that in some of our discourse today. Um, but Jesus is being very harsh here, um, and. Uh, the, the religious leaders clearly do not like this, um, but the, at the, the heart of it is that what the religious leaders are doing, they're not doing it because of their love of God. They're doing it because of their love of themselves, right? Which that goes all the way back to the heart of all sinfulness um, back in the Garden of Eden um, is when uh, the uh, Adam and Eve were tempted by Satan whenever he said, don't you want to be like God? And when we elevate ourselves above God, that is at the heart of sinfulness. And then behavior starts to follow. And that's what's happening here. Um, Jesus continues to say, woe to you, scribes. And uh, he says uh, to you, scribes and Pharisees, uh, verse four of Matthew chapter 23 for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move with them uh, one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men. Right? So it's all uh, a show. Um, it's, it's not flowing from a true relationship and a love of God. Um, it, uh, verse 11, But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. That is the heart of the problem. Um, it's what's on the inside that is most important. And that leads to what happens on the outside. That leads to our actions. Um, it, it, can, it continues to go. It talks about how they um, don't take care of widows, that they're, they go through the motions, but they don't actually um, take care uh, of the widows. Um, t- talks about how they travel to convert people because that looks good, but then they don't really convert them to loving God. They convert them to following um, the rules that they have set. 
Um, it just kind of continues to, to go along. Um, I love verse 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you have done, uh, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So they're focused on the, the smaller things, the ritual things, but not about justice and mercy and faith. Um, bl- blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. I, l- I love that. Um, con- continues, talks about extortion and self-indulgence. Um, it says, uh, clean the inside of the cup. All you worry about is cleaning the outside of the cup, what you look like on the outside. Clean the inside of the cup and then everything will be cleansed. Um, so it calls them whitewashed tombs. Um, would, they appear beautifully outward, um, but inside uh, they are full of dead man's bones. Um, um, I love in verse 29, says, uh, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Basically they're saying we would have been so much better than the people back then uh, because we are godly and they are not, you know, there's some contemporary connections there. It's easy for us to look back and say uh, we would have done things so much different because we are so much better now. No, we're not. We're just as whitewashed. We're just as dirty on the inside. Um, And the only way that gets clean um, is through a relationship with Christ, uh, not because we've come up with better societal laws. Um, You continue on, uh, let's see, calls them a brood of vipers. Um, says, how can you escape, escape the condemnation of hell? Um, again, you know, sometimes we, we, and maybe I harp on it too much. I, we, we don't like the thought that there may be those who are condemned to hell. Well, Jesus is asking the question now. He's asking it rhetorically. Um, but would Jesus be just throwing that out if it wasn't even a possibility? Um, says, therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes, this is verse 34. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of uh, Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Um. And, you know, it's it's interesting. He says, you think you would do better, but actually you're going to uh, kill the prophets that testify about me. Um, that is what Jesus is saying there. And then he t- has time where he laments over Jerusalem. We also saw this in Luke whenever he's looking at the city um, in the triumphal uh, entry. Um, Mark chapter 12, 38 through 44. Um condemns the the teachers um, about them being uh, hypocrites, but also uh, uses the example of the widow's might, how she gives just a tiny percent, a tiny bit, but it's all that she has where the Pharisees make a big deal out of giving more. uh, But, but it's, they could, they could give so much more, but she gives all that she has. You see that also in Luke, the end of chapter 20, 
the first part of chapter 21. Uh, then we get to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 is, is one that uh, we like to talk about. It, it's talking about end times type things in, in some ways. What, what it's talking about is it, it's the, the beginning of the sorrows. It's, um, it, this is kind of the, the birthing process that the, the labor pains are beginning. And so then it goes through a lot of things that many people have tried to connect to when they're living, which is okay because it's accurate to all periods of time. Um, Jesus answers them, verse four, it says, take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ will deceive many. You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled for all these things must be come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the sorrows. They will deliver you up to tribulation, kill you. They will be hated um, by all nations for my name's sake. Uh, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Um, and then many may uh, false prophets will rise up and deceive, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures till the end shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And, the, and then the end will come. And then it, it continues on um, and it uh, talks about the, the coming of the son of man, um, uh, that, uh, that Christ will, will come again. Then you have the parable of the fig tree of being pay, uh, paying attention to all of this so that whenever you see these things, you know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, you know, there's different ways to interpret that. People have interpreted it a lot uh, of different ways. Um, one, we don't know the time or the place. Jesus is going to say that in Matthew 25, so right after this. Um, but one of the things that we can know for sure is that those things that Jesus expressed, that's part of the pains that have already uh, begun. The birthing process of the new kingdom of God, the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. We are not there yet, it's the, but the process has begun. And so they are going to see all of these things in their time, but they're not going to see the, the fulfillment is not completed. Um, there's, there's an illusion, uh, an illusion uh, or a uh, foreshadowing of the des destruction of the temple um, that is going to happen by Rome. Um, it's going to bring a lot of this. There are false prophets uh, during that time that were claiming to be messiahs, all, all of that. Um, so I, I think it's okay for us to see this as things that we will experience as well. But just because we're seeing them go around doesn't necessarily mean, oh, right around the corner um, is uh, the second coming. Um, it's a reminder to stand uh, fast, stay firm till the end. The, the birth pains have begun and we don't know how long they're going to last. Um, but they're going to last until the birth is completed and the, the fullness of the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, but, but we, but they, they experienced some of this, um, but we also will experience those things. And our job is to stay and stand firm till the end. 
um, and continue to do what God has called us to do, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Mark, because by the way, if you read that, I, I can make a case that everything in Matthew um, 24 is happening right now. Um, does that mean that Jesus is going to return next year? I, I don't know. I kind of hope so, but I don't know. Um, it could be thousands of years more, um, but uh, it is, it's easy for us to get so caught up into the, the wind that we forget why Jesus told us about these things so that we can stand firm. Um, Matthew 13, uh, Jesus talks about uh, destruction, signs of the end, end of the age, the great tribulation, the parable of the fig tree. Um, Luke uh, 21, verses 5 through 33, uh, same thing, goes through uh, all of this. Um, and then Matthew 24 uh, through uh, a lot of 25, um, Matthew says, be ready. This is verse 36 of Matthew 24. But of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, uh, but my father only, but as in the day as of Noah were, uh, so also will be the coming of the son of man. So he's saying, just be ready. And then he gives uh, lots of uh, parables that, again, is just reinforcing the importance of being ready. Um, and that because at some point, you're not going to have the opportunity to choose to follow Jesus or not. Um, that is uh, so important. Um, verse 31 of Matthew 25 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his holy angels uh, with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all nations will be gathered and he will separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Um, that the and then in verse 41, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, uh, prepared for the devil. Um, <laughs> so again, that there will be that time of, of splitting, um, that in the meantime, we need to continue treating, uh, caring for the least of these, living out our faith, not not being preoccupied with when the end is going to come, but being preoccupied with what are we going to do until that time. All right. Uh, Mark 13, uh, 32 also talks about no one knows the day or the hour. Um, Luke 21, 34 says, but take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. Um, right to, to, again, pay attention, pay attention how you're living your life now um, makes a difference. All right. So we will continue on Tuesday. Um, so let's read John 12, Matthew 26, Mark 14, uh, Luke 22. Go ahead and get John 13 as well. So John 12 and 13, Matthew 26. Mark 14, Luke 22. That's going to get us. I kind of judge this by how many, many pages. <laughs> so yeah, that'll, that'll get us quite a ways. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll stop, stop there. So John 12 and 13, Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22. All right. We will see you on Tuesday.